Baby, I'm a gangster too, and it takes me to tango. You don't wanna mess with me, mess with me. Baby, I'm a gangster too. <laughs> Trigger warning. This podcast may include explicit content that will take you out of your comfort zone and make you question reality. Listener's discretion is advised. Don't fuck with me, fellas! This ain't my first time at the rodeo. Welcome to the December Breakdown. Today we are breaking down and shaking down Ghost Adventures, one of the most popular reality TV shows of all time, originally featured on the Travel Channel. Today, Tommy from the Let's Get Freaky podcast joins us again to explore the ever-present dark occult influence on Ghost Adventures and more specifically, the host, Zach. And of course, to find more from Tommy and the Let's Get Freaky podcast, you can click the link in the show notes and it will take you right over there. But before we jump into the episode, a few updates here. I am going to be rolling out some incredible episodes this month and I have a killer surprise for you for Christmas. I'm not going to tell you anything more than that, but I am really excited, and uh, it's a Christmas special. A Christmas special for everyone. After I get done recording this intro, I'm headed over to the other house, and I'm going to be painting my life away and enjoying some severe hip pain later this afternoon. How is everyone doing I hope uh, you enjoyed this episode. I did post a poll on Patreon, so if you're not a Patreon Room 237 member, you're missing out because I posted a poll and I asked for the patrons to comment their suggestions or most desired topics for me to cover. And I've went over all of them so far and I love every single suggestion. They're all amazing. And it was really hard for me to pick one, but I have picked one. Now, I have to choose a co-host for the episode because I feel like it is such an enormous topic. I must have a co-host. And selecting the perfect one is difficult. But that episode will air in January. And I'm very excited. I'm not going to announce the topic or the patron that suggested it just yet. I'm going to make that a surprise. But I'm going to be doing some more interactive stuff over on the Patreon. And getting your thoughts and feedback for future episodes. And actually, I've invited one of the patron members to actually do an episode with me. So, we're stepping up the game here. On the Cosmic Peach podcast. And the season three 
starts in January, so next month. And I am, whether you like it or not, making some changes for season three. And hopefully these will be the last set of changes, you know, third time's the charm, all that. I feel like I'm getting pretty stable and comfortable with how things have been going. But I am going to introduce some changes starting season three, so look forward to that. But without further ado, let's get into the episode. Oh wait, fuck me, hang on. I'm totally skipping my own tradition right now by reading the new five-star reviews that you all have lovingly left for me oh my god there's a bunch what the fuck Woo. okay november 6 from anna i'm not even gonna try a-n-n-a-l-y-z-e-u entitled i love this show five stars hi julia i love your show i also found you through cult of conspiracy and i loved the maryland podcast thank you so much it was so enlightening, and this episode with Reg had me laughing out loud so much. My coworkers and boss probably thought I was going loony. <laughs> Thank you so much. Reg is great. I love him. He is fantastic. And uh, also, thank you so much for listening to the Marilyn episode. Next review is Deadpool Wilson, left on November 8, entitled Cosmic Peaches the Best, five stars. I listen to your pod I listen to your podcast to and from work when you have a new podcast up. You are so pure and sincere. Even though we are strangers, I feel like I've known you my whole life. Your podcast content and how you present it is above most, if not the best podcast out there. Thank you for all that you do. It's greatly appreciated. Looking forward to keep learning things with you. Many blessings, Jason from Pennsylvania. Thank you, Jason. I love those reviews and I am so I appreciate you so much. I appreciate everyone who takes the time to leave a review. Actually, you know what? I just I think I fucked up. Gonzo Swazzle. I didn't read this one. November 1st. I love this show. Five stars. I discovered Julia through the cult of conspiracy. Every episode she does with them is amazing. So I started listening to this one. I love it just as much. Oh, wait. I read that last time. Gonzo, Garbanzo Swazzle. I read that already. Thank you so much. I'm going to be putting out an extra episode in December, just for, you know, the surprise episode, the mystery box episode. And for those of you who haven't went over to the Patreon and joined Room 237, it's never too late. Please go and check it out. You can check out any time, but I promise you, you won't want to. I'm actually going to be dedicating a lot more time to putting content over there for 2024. And I'm working on some new merchandise items and uh, some shit like that. But I'm not ready to roll it out just yet. I feel like I got some other... You know, I got quite a few messages on Instagram, actually, about the Marilyn Monroe episode. And I'm always honored and appreciate every single time someone takes their precious time to contact me, leave a review, send a message, etc. And I really, honestly, truly hope I tell you enough just how much I appreciate my listeners. 
you're some of the smartest motherfuckers in the world, and I'm all the better for it. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. You guys are the best. Here we go. Welcome back. It is that time again for the Breakdown Shakedown. And I'm really excited for not only the topic, but for my co-host for the evening. It is Tommy from the Let's Get Freaky podcast, one of my new favorite podcasts. And uh, Tommy, how are you? I am excited to be here. Thank you very much. This is exciting. I'm yeah, a big no, fan of your show. It, it is, uh, it's going to be kind of paranormal, kind of conspiracy-ish tonight. And that's something that I know you enjoy covering as well. But for the first time listener, where can they find your podcast? And uh, what all is going on on the uh, Let's Get Freaky podcast? Yeah, so we're, we're on all the major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. Um, recently started putting some episodes on YouTube. That's quite a new thing for me because it's the video side and that's that's another ball game. <laughs> but mm. we're, we're there. We're on YouTube now as well. All over social media. Let's get freaky. Um, yeah, we, we talk all things paranormal, ghosts, cryptids, UFOs. I've had some weird experiences in my life and I just like learning about the subject and hearing other people's Same. stories. Yeah. And I think for a lot of American listeners, they probably enjoy uh, your podcast just to hear your accent. So, (laughs) (laughs) they get tired of listening to me. I want to throw some pizzazz in there. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know. (laughs) You so um, how has the podcast been going as far as having guests on that just want to kind of tell you about their personal paranormal experiences? Do you have random guests on like that that you've never met before yeah most most of the guests i've never met before um and they're just telling me they're because it's quite a personal thing with a paranormal like because it's Mm -hmm. it's a it's serious to you because you've experienced it so it's quite hard to talk about it and to know that i'm sure there's people listening going is he telling the truth so it is quite hard for people to 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 come out with their story so i respect everyone that comes on Um, yeah it is and i always believe them yeah because you don't want people to think you're a lunatic, but yeah, there's stuff that goes on that can't be explained. And that kind of brings us to our breakdown for our episode tonight is actually um, a paranormal type reality TV show, which is Ghost Adventures. Yeah. There are things in this world that we will never fully understand. Understand. We want answers. We have worked years to build our credibility, our reputation. Working alongside the most renowned professionals in the field, capturing groundbreaking proof of the paranormal. It's working! I can't give you an explanation. This is our evidence. Our ghost adventures. And I usually only talk about big Hollywood production style movies, Ghostbusters and and things that are made up. So this is the first time I actually dove into 
more of a reality type TV show. And I'm talking about ghost adventures. Yes, they go and investigate haunted locations and a lot of other TV shows do that. But what sets this show apart is the host, Zach Baggins or Baggins. However, I think he pronounces it Baggins just to sound cool. I think that yeah. motherfucker's last name is Baggins. <laughs> and it's not quite the same. <laughs> right. He's like, I'm Zach Bacon. But yeah. Trying to make it sound a bit more upmarket, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But so I haven't really told you anything that I found during my research. So you're going in blind and I want to get your thoughts and feelings about it as a fellow paranormal investigator, if you will. And what are your thoughts about the show? the cast zach all of that like just raw yeah. thoughts i quite enjoy the show obviously it's paranormal um there's something about the zach guy i mean he's loved but like in the paranormal world a lot of people absolutely idolize him like he's like the god mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. he's got like he's got like facebook groups dedicated to him and you know all over x and instagram there's groups that are just dedicated to him so he's got he's got a big pull. Like there's something there's something that obviously people like about him. I've always thought that he's a he's a strange character. I enjoy the show. Um, I I don't know the guy. I don't know if that's how he is off camera, but there is something dark about him. There's something that seems yeah. I mean I know he gets possessed and stuff like that a lot and things like that. That would take its toll, you know, if that's really happening all the time. But there is something about him that seems not quite right i would say or, i'm not sure there's I, more than meets the eye kind of yeah he's got something mysterious about and him you were saying that he has the facebook pages dedicated to him and it almost made me think the guy kind of has a cult following yeah it is like that yeah it's, it's very kind culty. of culty yes. the way that they they follow him yeah And so just jumping into my research, Ghost Adventures, of course, is an American paranormal and reality TV series. And it premiered in 2008 on the Travel Channel. And now it's on everywhere you can imagine. It's on Discovery Plus, HBO Max, all the streaming platforms. And there's almost 30 odd seasons of I mean he's been doing this for years and years and years and years. Yeah. So the program follows Zach, Aaron, Billy and Jay and they go investigate all of these haunted locations but do you remember a guy named Nick being on the show? In the very beginning there was a guy named Nick Groff and he it's- got like booted off the island. Yeah. Do you remember there's, that? I, and there's been a big thing recently about it, isn't there? He's come out and said stuff yeah. against Zach and the, the, the show. He's come out. So and he... I've been watching Ghost Adventures since before Zach got his teeth fixed and when Nick was still a cast member. And now he's trying to start his own paranormal investigation show. And he says Zach pretty much abused him on a daily basis. And he was the most horrible, awful douche packer you could ever meet. Which I'm sure there's a little bit of truth to that. But at the same time, you have to understand it. If you got kicked off the show, you'd probably be pissed off too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So He's going to be he's gonna be a bit bitter for sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But... <laughs> 
so I, you probably didn't know this, but Ghost Adventures began as an independent film that was produced kind of like Blair Witch Project with okay. Zach. And he, so he was a nerdy kid in high school and he wanted to do drama class and film school and acting classes. And he did this Ghost Adventures documentary. It was supposed to be like Blair Witch Project, but the real Blair Witch Project and he did an investigation it was a maybe a two-hour documentary and okay. it gained so much traction that they turned it into the show that millions watch all the time interesting but he started off just wanting to do that one project with him and his fellow researchers um but I do have to say before we continue his voiceovers on the show come the <laughs> fuck on Imagine if you were to look in this wall right here, cut a hole right here, yeah, and then put a piece of plexiglass right here, yeah. And if you could see emotions, you would just see screams and pain and crying and torment, and it's just reverberating throughout this whole building. <laughs> I mean, really, come the fuck out. Yeah. Is he? It was coming towards me like a yeah. shark underwater. Like, come on! So I don't know, man. Put some more into. <laughs> it's just a little bit for me. He has this monotone kind of dramatic thing going on, but yeah. he takes everything to the next level. He can't just say we're investigating the abandoned orphanage. He's like, tonight on Ghost Adventures. This is why we're here. We're going <laughs> to channel them. We're going to say on some. And he just makes you feel like it's larger than life. And that's cool if you're trying to sell it. But there is just something about him. Yeah. And um, I, I can't put my finger on it if I'm being honest. But I think he's simply just a dark occultist himself. And... I think that's how he's able to attract so much dark energy to him when he goes to these locations. Yeah. Um, he almost channels it in just he himself is kind of haunted. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why the show is so successful is because a lot of people when they're investigating, they go in and they do not have a confirmation bias set. They just want to investigate. It's like when he walks into a building freaking the walls start shaking you see demonic beasts and ghouls everywhere and why is it drawn to him yeah he's always got black on as well isn't he mm -hmm. always wearing black he wears some quite cool hats sometimes i think but <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, i was watching one the other day and he had like a cowboy hat on and i was like what's this like, what's going on man black it's cowboy hat <laughs> yeah, depends if he's low. If the location is in the old west, he'll wear a cowboy hat just for yeah. the. And then all of a sudden, he's got like six pair of cowboy boots, and he knows <laughs> a thing or two about the old west. And yeah, yeah. so I mean, you do you do as you said, like is he is he possessed? You do hear that there's some people actually want to be possessed and actually want to carry these bad spirits or whatever it is with them, and and. You know, some people invite that in, which is crazy, but you do hear that. He acts like he doesn't want it to happen, though, but gets mad if it doesn't happen. So he'll be like, I don't want any attachments. Get off me, spirits. 
But then the second he walks in somewhere, if he doesn't feel like the energy is intense enough, he'll be like, all right, let's go get our Ouija boards out and let's get our psychic mediums in here and let's start opening portals to the unknown. And for me, I'm like, how did we get here that quickly into the investigation? Like he walked in and knew it was going to be a slow night. So he's automatically like bringing the, the psychics in, get the spirit box. Let's do all this stuff. So he does want it to happen even though yeah. he says oh please spirit don't possess me at the same time he's like drawing a pentagram on his forehead <laughs> something led me personally to this building it called out and i answered its call we're here at a building where so many different people have seen and heard spirits before their death when this was a care facility. Because we were told by the owner that there was a seance here many years ago, we are gonna do a seance. You're not going to do anything more to me. Leave my body, I don't want anything to do with you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, but as you say, that's that's why the show is so successful because they get so many results. Yeah, and I guess. You, uh, however, you get those results. You, you, where, however dark it seems to me and you, like going into mm -hmm. a situation like that, we don't want anything attached to us. Like, I certainly don't like want anything like that. But that's what's got him the results. That's what's got him this platform and mm -hmm. you know this amount of fame and love. So I guess he's just. I just think more. it's actually probably consumed him to some degree. Yeah. And I think that plays a part in him probably being a dark occultist himself because we'll, we'll kind of get into some more stuff. But uh, just for a little bit of background, he was born April 5th, 1977 in Washington, D.C. And he was raised in Illinois. He eventually moved to Las Vegas, started Ghost Adventures, and it's been evolving since then. But he's a multi-gajillionaire at this point. And you know when you have money... You have notoriety, fame, cult following. It does start getting to your head. Even though this is a reality TV show and you wouldn't think of it as a, a TV show on Disney Plus or something like that. He's just as famous as any of them. Yeah, for sure. It's one of those shows that it's literally on in the UK. It's on every night on one channel. Like You can find mm -hmm. it, but it's always on. It's one of those on, shows. on some kind of a freaking marathon or something. Yeah, Ghost yeah. Adventures TV all, all night. night. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, for yes. sure. Yeah. And besides Ghost Adventures, he now has spin-off shows. One of them was called Deadly Possessions, and it premiered on Travel Channel, and it was a show that followed him around finding items for his haunted museum in Las Vegas. And then he started another show that's on Discovery Plus, that's called the Haunted Museum, and it's literally all about the items inside his museum. And um, it's filmed in Las Vegas by Eli Roth, the horror master. So it's not like he doesn't have connections. Yeah. And there's yeah. some shady shit with Eli Roth as well. Anybody who's watched Hostel or um, The Ruins, Cabin Fever... The Green Inferno, all of those movies, they have such a ritualistic type vibe about them. 
And it almost comes off as he's trying to say a little something without saying too much, but it's just portrayed as a horror movie, especially hostile for yeah. those who want to go back and watch that. That's some dark shit right there. Yeah, and he man. teamed up with Zach from Ghost Adventures to film this show about his haunted museum, quote unquote. So he now has three shows going on. And um, I want to get into some interesting information about some episodes of Ghost Adventures here in a minute. But I wanted to, before we get into that, tell you some of the shit that this dude owns and how freaking interesting it is. So the listeners can get some context behind the mind of the person collecting these items and why maybe such dark energy follows him around. So I'm just going to read off some of these possessions and you tell me if you'd want them in your home. First, among hundreds of freaking terrifying possessions in his museum, he has the Volkswagen death van in which Dr. Jack Kevorkian ended the suffering of the terminally ill. You remember Dr. Kevorkian? Yeah. Who was often people, they, they were like, I have cancer and I just want to kill myself. He would do house calls and bring the people in his van, give them a deadly injection, and I don't know, I guess disposed of the bodies or something. Wow. He and he's got that van. Bought, he bought it and it's in his fucking museum with all the little the doctor bag and all that Jeez. shit inside of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird, man. That's weird. I would right? not, I mean, I mean, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so even crazier. He owns the quote unquote propofol chair from Michael Jackson's death room. That's weird. Of all the people in the world, this fucking guy who's on a fucking Discovery Plus reality TV show owns Dr. Kevorkian's murder van and the chair that Michael Jackson died in. Yeah. He's a gazillionaire. Let me tell you that straight up. Some of the stuff that he's been able to procure, he has to have millions. Does he come, do you know if he comes from like a rich family? No, that's the crazy thing. So he's literally raking in all this money off so of this is... pretty much getting possessed and doing seances and opening yeah. himself up to demonic energy all the time. And he's raking in cash hand over fist. And then he's turning around and buying all this fucking crazy stuff. And there was actually a house that he bought from Indiana. It's called the Demon House. And it was notorious for powerful paranormal activity. And it was so crazy that it got demolished in 2014 because nobody could live in it. And he took wow. the wooden banister and the freaking um, basement steps and the dirt from the foundation of the house. And he installed it within his museum. So another kind of that would make sense because it was part of an investigation that he did where they went to the house. And so he bought it because nobody he didn't want any quote unquote anybody to live in it because of the dark and demonic energy. So he had it demolished, but he kept some remnants of it and it moved them over into this museum for people. So I'm a believer in even if you don't live in the house, if you come into close proximity with a cursed object or or even dirt from the foundation a creaky step you can become cursed just by being near it that is my opinion yeah yeah it holds that 
energy and that yes. negative. Yeah, for sure. So are you familiar with what a, di a Dybbuk box is? No. What is that? Okay. So it's from Jewish tradition, and it's a little box that they would trap a demonic spirit into. Or a demonic spirit of a person. So if it was a really super evil person and they wanted to lock their spirit away, they'd put it in a Dybbuk box. Or if it was a straight up demonic entity that they were trying to uh, lock inside the box, this, this is what they would do. It's called a Dybbuk box. And um, he actually owns one and it's referred to as the world's most haunted object. And it was actually featured in an episode of his haunted museum and post malone go figure went to go visit him and wanted to open the dybbuk box up wow post malone wow yeah yeah interesting so this guy has connections first off yeah he didn't open the dybbuk box with post but after post went to the museum and requested that zach open the dybbuk box his plane malfunctioned and uh he had to do an emergency landing and just like a week after the uh visit to the museum he was in a horrible car crash and this was this is post malone i'm talking about so after yeah. post went and visited him was like, let's open the dybbuk box and he was declined to open the dybbuk box all this crazy yeah. shit happened to him but i don't know if you're a super huge horror movie fan but it was actually the box that zach owns at this museum that inspired the 2012 movie the possession oh wow and it's at this haunted museum so again he's got a glass kind of plexiglass case around it so you can't just touch it or get in there but yeah. I wouldn't want to be near the damn thing. No, no. These things are dangerous. And yeah, for sure. And wow. they're steeped in old, ancient traditions. And I personally would never want to own it. Because when you pay for something and you own it, and it's technically your possession now, yeah, you claim ownership of that what and whatever is attached to it. Yeah. That's going to be connected to you now. Yeah, for sure. Forever. Yeah. Especially, wow, think of think of the Babylonian money magic system that we have all over the world. Cash in exchange for goods or service. And it didn't used to be like that. That Eventually, over time, this Babylonian money system was introduced to the world. And so he's paying cash that he's gotten from going to these demon-infested places for yeah. a demon box. I mean, it's legitimately a form of dark occultism, in my opinion. It's very ritualistic. Yeah, for sure. That's mad that Post Malone, after visiting, had all that bad luck. I mean, I don't really believe in coincidences anymore. No, um, I don't either. You know, I don't think it can be a coincidence. I was going to say, I haven't even gotten to some of the craziest shit that he owns, but just knowing that so far, what what are your thoughts? Yeah, that's that's weird. I mean, I personally wouldn't want to own anything that's got any connection to demons or anything like that. You know, I don't want it 
near me or in my house. I find it interesting. I can see why, like, you, you would have a museum, maybe, with this stuff in. I sort of get that, but, yeah, I wouldn't want to be connected to it myself. I mean, this guy, he's, he's got demons coming out of his ears, so I guess he's sort of... That's what I think, too. Yeah, and he had... I actually didn't put this in my notes, but he is currently in or was in a long-term relationship with one of Hugh Hefner's Playboy bunnies or whatever that he was married to, Holly. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean... What, it's, what it's Hugh weird. Hefner's ex-wife? Yeah. Or one of his wives? One of his wives. He's He's wow. been in a long-term relationship with her. And she's actually on an episode of Ghost Adventures because her house is so full of demons. <laughs> if you can imagine. I'm not, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I mean, wow. I, I'm all about getting freaky, quote unquote, yeah, but not yeah. that kind of freaky. Because <laughs> no. they're having threesomes in the third person. Is thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hugh Hefner's in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> they're channeling his spirit. Yeah. Jeez, <laughs> but, man. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Okay, let's get into some of the real freaky shit here. Uh, he has also acquired Charles Manson's bone fragments. What? Among, yep, among other belongings of the infamous cult leader. And Zach previously acquired two paintings, one of Manson um, containing bits of his ashes and another that Manson painted himself while he was in prison and allegedly used a combination of paint and piss to paint this picture and he owns that he also owns the hospital gown that manson died in complete with stains and the toe oh tag. my yep <laughs> the toe tag from his deceased body and the sheet that was draped over manson's body after his passing okay that's really weird now now let me ask you what the fuck does that have to do with paranormal anything yeah, no, that is... Or, or are we borderline crossing over now into just straight up demonic? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's strange. Is this is this stuff all in the museum as well? Yes. On display. And some of this yeah. shit you can touch. He lets you touch shit. So is he inviting people into this? And you also have to pay to get in there. So it's not like you're not consenting yeah, to whatever yeah, yeah. follows you out. Yeah, for so, sure. But we're going to get into that. Um. He actually said that the latest of his Manson collection was given to him by Jason Freeman, who is Manson's grandson. And his grandson is the one that gave him the bone fragments that his grandson had scraped out of the incinerator that cremated Manson. And he also owns Charles Manson's dentures and his pentagram necklace. Again... We have now crossed from, oh, haunted possessions to what does this have to do with haunted possessions? Yeah, that's just dark, I evil mean, stuff. Evil, evil, evil stuff. But what else does he own? He also owns a pair of Ted Bundy's glasses and he owns Sharon Tate's wedding dress. The Manson. Wow murder victim that was pregnant that got stabbed up he owns her wedding dress he also obtained multiple paintings and letters serial killer john wayne gacy created while in prison 
including a self-portrait of Gacy dressed as a clown. And he also purchased one of the last ever Polaroids of Gacy and his last pack of cigarettes before he was executed. And one of his prized possessions is a painting that John Wayne Gacy painted of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. That's weird. So right off the top, we got a serial killer, a pedophile, who's painting Disney paintings in prison. And Zach wants to own all this. Yeah. yeah. It's not paranormal, actually, at all. It's just kind of like borderline mental illness, kind of. Um, And he's obsessed with Charles Manson because he actually bought the LaBianca murder house. And he bought it for 1.98 million dollars so that's that's why i say we're not messing with your average joe when it comes to his finances because i can't buy a fucking 60 fucking thousand dollar house and he's just piddling off 1.98 million to buy this labianca death house and for what does he stay in there does he do rituals in there? Is he conjuring something in there? Why is it significant to him? Yeah. I mean, at this point, possibly. <laughs> He's possibly doing that stuff in there, but... And I don't, wow. I'm not even trying to jump to conclusions, but that has nothing to do with being a paranormal investigator other than, oh, well, they were murdered there. Let's go investigate it. That's one thing. Owning hmm. it and owning every single possible object of Charles Manson that you can get your hands on, that's different. And what you do when the cameras are shut off, that's where you really find out who you're fucking with. Now, why does he want to own that house? Yeah. He he just, he's just really into this dark, this dark shit, man. (laughs) Big time. So, in the money that he has, I legitimately, right before we jumped on here, I was hungry. So, I fucking got a box of fried fucking fish at the gas station and that was best (laughs) gas station fish i I have ever eaten but still ten dollars for a box of gas station fucking fish and this guy's spending 1.98 million dollars on a house that is relatively obscure not a lot of people know about the house or that he owns it he kind of kept that one under wraps i had to do some digging to find that shit yeah it's interesting because obviously ghost adventures is a massive show it's got to be one of the biggest paranormal shows there is but you you wouldn't think that the hosts and the owners of the show would be super super rich i don't know why i don't know why but they obviously, I, they obviously I are i didn't think that they would have been honest to god i thought that it was kind of a low production kind yeah. of reality cheap, cheap whatever. To make, it's quite cheap to make these shows really they're yeah. not on like higher budget i mean they are some just when they first show them they're normally on a big channel but they get pushed down to the smaller channels, but obviously they're doing, as you say, there's thirty odd seasons or whatever there is. So it's, it, it's it does well. Wild. <laughs> and I want to go over a few more things, just kind of rapid fire here that he owns, and then I want to tell you about some of the craziest episodes for people, your listeners and my listeners, to go check out to kind of sum everything up. But he purchased uh, David Koresh's 1968 Chevrolet Camaro. And for those of you who don't know, David Koresh was the leader of the Branch Davidians, which was a super cult. And uh, David Koresh had parked the Camaro at the cult's compound near Waco, Texas, 
and it was there all throughout the 51-day siege by federal agents in 1993. And then on April 19th of that year, Koresh died along with about 70 other followers in four ATF agents during the fiery raid of the compound. And it laid totally dormant with a tarp covering it. Nobody wanted it. It was a cursed kind of object until it found its new home with Zach fucking Beggins from Ghost Adventures. And uh, he also owns James Dean's transaxle from the car he was in when he crashed and died. James Dean's transaxle from the car he was in when he died. Do you know he probably spent a million dollars on that? At some kind of crazy auction. So we're up to about $3 million just on two objects that he owns. But the crazy thing about James Dean's transaxle is that it's been linked to other deaths besides James Dean. Anyone who has ever owned a piece of James Dean's car that he crashed in has died mysteriously. Oh, man. Until Zach. How long has he owned this for, you know? What is different about Zach, though? That may be keeping some shit at bay. The next piece of audio evidence is extremely chilling and could explain why only I felt so deeply affected. Okay, and then the final one, which it says Bagans or Baggins. Plain as day, it was none of us. We didn't say- This is when you guys, I remember vaguely you guys saying something said my name. I didn't, I don't recall hearing anything. Yeah, and it doesn't sound like any of us. Whoa! This troubling EVP with full vocal tone was captured on a digital recorder. I'm just saying. Because there is no way if I knew something like that, even if I wanted a piece of that car, there is no way I would. That's like. That's like saying, I'll give you this thing, this item that you've always wanted, a piece of James Dean's car that he crashed in. But I just want to let you know, anybody who's ever owned this has gotten fucking murdered or died mysteriously or choked on a fucking ham sandwich or some type of mysterious death. But here you go. Take it to your house. I'm going to take a pic with it, maybe like a self quick selfie. Ooh, look, it's me next to the car where James Dean crashed in and go about my life. I don't want to bring it home. (laughs) 100%. Yeah, no way. No way. I wouldn't even want to touch it, to be honest. I don't think I would touch it. That that bad energy. Like energy, I'm a strong believer that energy sticks to stuff and I would not, I would not want to go anywhere near it, to be honest with you. I might have a selfie with it for the gram, but that's it. Yeah, just a quick selfie. Even if it was just in the background and you took a selfie and it was like 10 feet away, you'd be like, yeah. oh, that was there. <laughs> that was yeah, so I'm not going to go near it, but it's there. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, are you familiar with Natalie Wood at all? She was kind of a famous actress in the 60s. She was actually in a movie with James Dean, Rebel Without a Cause. And oh, okay. she died. I w- really want to cover this again in a separate conspiracy type episode because Christopher Walken 
and her husband were out on this yacht with her and she mysteriously fell off the boat and drowned to death but the circumstances in which she drowned in the autopsy report make no sense for what they're trying to say their storyline for what happened so she was most likely murdered and parts of the yacht and other artifacts uh from from natalie wood's death are at zach Bagan's museum too uh, he also owns a cauldron that Ed Gein used to cook human body parts. And he's the dude that inspired Silence of the Motherfucking Lambs. Oh, man. <laughs> and the Texas Chainsaw Wow. Master. Mm-hmm. And then another one that your listeners and everybody should be familiar with is an actor named Chris Farley. He was on Saturday Night Live, a lot of comedy movies in the 80s. And for me, again, this has nothing to do with paranormal activity, and I don't know why he would want it. But so Chris Farley died in 1997 of an overdose of cocaine and morphine, supposedly. And um, there are photos of his corpse on display at Zach's museum. That's so weird. So weird, man. And that's not the only celebrity that he has just random death photos of just hanging on the walls. To me, honestly, it's disrespectful because there's nothing paranormal with what happened to Chris Farley. He literally died of an overdose and he took all of the death photos of the like the morgue photos and he has them on display at his museum. Yeah, I think weird, it's in poor taste because the guy was like comedy legend and now every time they go see his, his photos at this museum they're like oh my god that's not cool yeah yeah I'm sure that the family wouldn't want want that you know mm-hmm. he's, his family members and stuff why would you and want he that he probably out? bought them at some kind of a fucked up freaky auction or something yeah yeah and strange man just for the listeners mine and yours in no way am I saying this dude worships the devil or anything like that. I don't know him. I can't make that kind of a claim or a statement. But what I will say is he is obsessed with him. He's so, definitely into some freaky shit for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what what would your natural thoughts be for someone who has a collection like this, who does what they do for a living, who has millions of dollars at this point? He's dedicated his life to it. So I'm not saying he worships the devil, but he is obsessed with him. Yeah, yeah. And it seems to have made him a lot of money. Mm -hmm. It has has made him a lot of money, you know, but at what cost? Because we obviously don't know, you know, what he has to do with the Faustian bargain though, your soul in exchange for wealth and riches and fame and again, I'm not saying he sold his soul to the devil or anything like that, but if I'm just looking at the kind of shit that this guy is into and documented experiences that he's had on his show getting possessed, telling things to get out of his body, every time he pulls out that ovulus whatever meter where the yep. spirit can type in a word, it always says, Damon. <laughs> the second <laughs> he pulls it out. Yeah. 100%. Literally, yeah. They walk through the threshold of the freaking location. He's like, okay, get the Ovulus 2 out. They get the freaking thing out. And he, do you have anything you want to say to us? The first thing, Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. 
they're just saying what they're seeing. <laughs> they're like, oh shit, it's a demon. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, man. But and that's why I also think that guy that they kicked off the show, Nick. He went off and said all this shit about Zach being a terrible, awful human being. And it's not the first time that I've actually heard someone say that they met him and he was a just an ignorant motherfucker, like so full of himself. And he does love to hear himself speak. Yeah. <laughs> so that doesn't surprise me. But, yeah. Um Did he because that, uh, that, that, that guy that he had that he had the the beef with did he because he he claimed that he was that Zach used to bully him and stuff right yes that's that's what it was wasn't it mm -hmm. yeah and if you look at the way he does treat Aaron and Billy and Jay on the show he'll go into the scariest part of the location and he'll say okay Aaron you go ahead and go off in there and then he'll lock them in there and say that it's part of an experiment that he just wants to see if something will happen to them while they're alone but yeah. he never goes anywhere by himself he always <laughs> has somebody with him yeah yeah true yeah because the other guys they, they like they joke about and stuff he's very serious isn't he like, he's very a serious, serious character on the show doesn't really i don't think i don't know if you see him smile i don't know if he smiles that very he doesn't smile often but if he gets scared or trips or falls and it's nothing even remotely paranormal he will turn it into something paranormal one time they were walking around in the dark and he literally walked into a bench flipped over the bench and landed on his back and he he stood up everybody was laughing at him because it was a comical moment but not him he has to go i swear to god you guys i would have seen the bench but i was staring at this black mass and he was like come on yeah the ghost yeah. suit really <laughs> really yeah man. i mean I because they, they have to get... Uh, this is the problem with some of the, the ghost shows, obviously. I love them. I love watching them. But they have to get... They have to get something. They have to catch something that... Mm -hmm. and, and that's sort of... When you're watching it, you know that in the back of your mind. And that's that's sometimes a problem with these shows. But, you know, that they, they're, they're going to make something happen sometimes. There was a show back in the day called Ghost Hunters. And it was a bunch of plumbers that kind of just did it on the side. And yeah. they would have whole episodes where they didn't really catch anything. And yeah. I think it was boring at times because you wanted so bad for something to happen or they catch an EVP or nothing would happen the whole episode. And in my opinion, maybe you should just scrap that episode because nothing fucking happened and you're having people watch a 45 minute long yeah. episode for nothing to happen. Yeah. So I get it. But the types of energy he gets at every single location is something dark or evil or black mass or pentagrams or blood sacrifices and i kind of think that's abnormal you know yeah it it can't just be well this was an old folks home and a lot of old people died in here so we we hear uh talking or rumbling around at night things fall off the shelf whatever it could be a totally a benevolent spirit just passing through no not on ghost adventures it's like an old folks home but there was a sadistic nurse who used to overdose the patients and the evil entities and all this and i'm like does he go anywhere that's not kind of got a portal open already for this yeah. it's it's almost as if he chooses them by design 
for the ones that are most likely to have that type of dark energy there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've I've talked to people that have come across uh, like like mediums and psychics and stuff like that. I've come across come across people that um, they say are possessed and that don't want to be helped. Like they they know it. They know that they're possessed and they're like, no, this is this is a part of me basically. And I find that really creepy, but. You know, is, is it a situation like works that? with witches and occultists and people who practice the dark occult. He openly works with them. Like, they're part of his posse, which kind of also bothers me for some reason. I quickly put the SLS camera down and grabbed my recorder to see if I can communicate with this entity. What came through? What is here? What connection do you have? What name are you connected to? Who brought you here? What name are you connected to? I hear Zach. As I ask this entity who it's connected to, it clearly says my full name. We are all totally unprepared for what is about to be the most terrifying audio evidence we have ever collected. What the? Okay. Are you kidding me right now? What was that? Never heard that. What brought you here? I've never heard that. I have never in my life heard of that. Never. What brought you here? It's not human at all. And I do want to talk about some noteworthy episodes for the listeners to go back and watch if they want their conspiracy slash paranormal brain to start pumping. And I've literally watched them all, if I'm being honest with you which is kind of what sparked my fire to cover this because I kept seeing this pattern with him. And on my show, I always talk about, well, this actor does this behind closed doors or this person does this. And he's kind of openly in the public doing this stuff and nobody's batting an eye at his behavior. And I think it's kind of freaking disturbing. So I have this Cosmic Peach Ghost Adventures playlist, if you will. And I had to kind of go off my memory and use Google to find the season and the episode number. So I don't know if these are all 100% accurate, but it's close enough. And I want to get your thoughts or maybe you have even seen a couple of these. Um, The first one is season two, episode eight. They were locked into a place called the Ancient Ram Inn in England. Have you ever heard of it? I'm not sure. What's it called again? The Ancient Ram Inn. I think I have heard of it. I'm sure I've heard of that. I would freaking pay you to go to this place and freaking walk around and take a video for (laughs) me. Can I ask you what part of the UK that's in? What's that? Where is that? It just says in England. I don't know. For Americans, they dumb stuff down, you know. (laughs) (laughs) They just say, oh, it's in England. And we're like, ah! everything's so close together i mean it is close but it's not always that close (laughs) right no no i know what you're saying Um, you have to see if it's anywhere near you because 
the activity that they got at this place was freaking wild. And so I did some research looking into this place. And yep. it sits on a pagan burial ground. And it was the site of numerous human sacrifices and murders. What's it called again? Sorry, I'm going to Google it quickly. <laughs> yeah, the Ancient Ram Inn. See if it's, oh my God, what if it's like five minutes oh, from your that, house? That would be amazing. I'm going now. <laughs> Dude, if it was five minutes from your house, I'd be like, let's take this show on the road. Get <laughs> in your go. car. <laughs> the Secret Ram's in. Is it the ancient Secret Ram? Ram. Oh, ancient sorry. Ram. The That's Ancient okay. Ram. <laughs> the Ancient... Ancient rams in okay let's go where is it here we go is it a b and b i bet you anything it's a b and b um the ancient rams in menu oh it's giving me the menu but it's not telling me where it is uh where is can you do ancient rams ram in ancient what is it now see i'm fucked up okay the ancient <laughs> ram in near location me. yeah here we go. This would be cool if it's near me. The Baker's Pub restaurant. Why is it not telling me where it is, man? Oh my god, I bet you it's so freaking close. You can go and get haunted <laughs> by Beelzebub <laughs> and have a breakfast. I'm, I'm going to write it in on my maps because that's ridiculous that Google's not telling me. Right, the ancient Rams Inn. Here we go. How far is it away? It's one hour and 57 minutes from me. Oh, you got to go. That's not far. You have to Make it a day trip. <laughs> yeah, let's go. So I'm pretty close to that. So that is... So that is in... Where is that? It's near Wales. It's near Wales. So it's near Newport in Wales. It's near there. Yeah, one hour and 57 minutes from me. I'm going. <laughs> oh, you have to make it a weekend trip and go. Get some breakfast. I bet they serve a five-star breakfast. Along with, yeah, you know, like few you attachments, few attachments, but. Please, I'm going to check that out for sure. They legitimately <laughs> have found skeletons that were buried under the floorboards at this place. Wow. Wow, man. As someone like me, who's very interested in investigating stuff like that. I, if I were you, I'd freaking go this weekend and just take your phone around, see if you see anything. Yeah. Take a little recorder, see if any disembodied voices show up. But no, that yeah. it was that episode caught my attention for sure because they got some very serious activity there. Um, and then season five, episode five, I think, was when they went to Lizzie Borden's house. She's the one, you know, Lizzie Borden took an axe. But what's interesting about this location is that another show that I watched called The Dead Files with the psychic lady Amy Allen, she had went there. Yeah. And she said she picked up on serious incest between Lizzie Borden and her own father, as well as with her sister. And she thinks that's what uh, drove her crazy and made her kill her family. So geez. there was some crazy activity. But here's the thing. He took a fucking Ouija board in there. I would never. <laughs> <laughs> no way. No you way. I've, I've never done a Ouija board. I've, that's not something no, I would do. No, I have never. I watched The Exorcist when I was in the sixth grade and never would have ever fucked with one after that. Yeah. Yeah, for because sure. Because you think you're talking to Captain Howdy or whatever. 
but it's actually some serious dark energy. It is now time for us to begin the summoning ceremony to see whether or not we can document hard, concrete evidence while under these very suspicious circumstances, which also makes this dangerous for us. That kind of leads me into this next episode, which is also season five, episode six, I think, which was the Winchester Mystery Mansion. And a lot of people are familiar with the Winchester house because it's a sprawling mansion with doors that go to nowhere, staircases that lead to ceilings. And I actually covered uh, the Winchester Mystery House in a separate episode with someone who used to be uh, a practitioner of the occult, I guess you would say, but is no longer practicing. And he said that he thinks that uh, Sarah Winchester was probably necromancing and shit in there and calling up spirits of the dead and using them to uh, kind of open doorways in that house. Wow. But what's, again, crazy about it is that when Zach and his team go to the Winchester Mystery House, they're actively trying to open portals. He's doing all these experiments to channel through and open gateways and he literally said let the dark entities come through let the, and he's standing there chanting all this in the middle of the living room and the activity gets so crazy they actually shut down in the middle of the episode and it was like a 20 minute episode they couldn't even finish investigating wow. because it got so fucked up and crazy in there Summons you. I don't know if that's a good Conjure idea. you. He summons you in the name of your God. Your gateway is in this pool, isn't it? This is where you enter here. All elementals, all rays of light, all portals and gateways and dimensions to the dark side. Open your veils now. Open your doors now. Release anything here now so we can see you. Can, can we back up for a second? This hold is on, hold on. serious. Hey, what? Dude, listen, I'm not comfortable with what he just said. He's down here opening the veils to hell. Wow, man. Yeah. So um, they've also, uh, season eight, I think they went to the castle of Vlad the Impaler. <laughs> and they did rituals and seances in Vlad the Impaler's castle in Romania. Wow. The last place on earth I want to see a motherfucker from the dead <laughs> is in there. I don't want to see that, man. No. No. Wow. Yeah. And uh, they they did. Okay, I have it in my notes. They did what's called the Devil's Circle. At the freaking castle. I just can't. I can't. <laughs> um. So season 14, episode 7, they went to the Grand Canyon Caverns. And I personally believe that the Grand Canyon is full of all type of ancient energies from not only Native Americans, but there's a lot of stories from the Hualapai people and the Hopi people uh, that there were extraterrestrial beings, believe that or not, or whatever you think that they are, that were misconstrued as extraterrestrials. There is a lot of that in this area. 
So it was kind of interesting, uh, some of the activity that they picked up there. And uh, they also went to the Skinwalker Canyon in the Navajo Nation. And this is an area where they experience shape-shifting creatures. So dogmen, all that, Skinwalker Ranch type shit. And they actually let a Native American medicine woman give them hallucinogens. And they performed this whole little ritual around this fire and drew battle stuff on their face and, and all this. And I'm sitting there like, I'm a Christian first off, so I probably wouldn't do that. But why would you go into it on hallucinogens? Yeah, that's that's asking for trouble. Because yeah. when you take stuff like that, that alters your mind, you can yep. allow things to come in. Yeah. Whether they were there or not, now they are because you've opened yourself up to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that to me, again, is weird. And then they went episode 15, or sorry, season 15, episode one, they went to the Black Dahlia murder house. Are you familiar with the Black Dahlia? I'm not sure. No. So she was um, a woman that was trying to make it as a Hollywood actress, but she was murdered brutally in, I want to say the 1950s, or actually maybe the 19, I'm wrong. It was actually the 1920s, but she's one of the most infamous unsolved murder cases of all time because she was dissected into many pieces and there were parts of her body that were never really found. And they said that it would have had to have been a surgeon the way that she was dissected because of the clean cuts and everything like that. I actually covered this in an episode as well that I thought it was a doctor named Dr. George Hodel. And his son, Steve Hodel, actually wrote a book about it and said, my father is the murderer of the Black Dahlia. Wow. And it is absurdly close to, I mean, everything that I researched that I kind of was not sure about, his son wrote in the book and validated everything. Yes, it was my father. Yes, he was incestuous with his sister slash his daughter, right? It would have been Steve's sister, George's daughter. He was in an incestuous relationship with her. His son admitted it in the book that he was a crazy freak. He worshiped the devil and was trying to welcome and he killed the Black Dahlia as part of a ritual. Wow. And guess who the fuck shows up at George Hodel's house? Like, how many people know about that? Yeah. Zach Bagans fucking knows about it. Wow, man. And, um, so they also, episode 15, or sorry, again, season 15, episode 2, they went to a secret Scientology lab that was the headquarters of L. Ron Hubbard. And a lot of people are familiar with L. Ron Hubbard. And, um, they were actually provoking evil entities within this Scientology lab. Again, why would you want to do that? But what's interesting about this season, season 15, is they opened it up by going to this Black Dahlia murder house and this whole George Hodel thing that not a lot of people know about. Then they went to the L. Ron Hubbard Church of Scientology thing. And then they went back to the Winchester Mystery House and did more rituals. 
And over these last few years, I can't stop thinking about this location. There's unfinished business. So ladies and gentlemen, we are returning to the Winchester Mystery House. Sarah Winchester designed this house with sacred geometry. And all these different angles are meant to connect with the astral plane of the spirits and victims that died from her family's rifles. There's more than secret passageways here. There's secret spiritual portals here. You can feel them. All right, Aaron. You all right? <laughs> it's just weird being in here. This is a mysterious place. It's a very strange place. And it's a place where we decided to conduct one of the most insane experiments that we've ever come up with before. Tonight, we're having some friends set up shop at the Washoe Club. We're gonna be communicating with our friend Chris, who's gonna be at Bobby Mackey's Music World. We're all gonna be able to see each other at the same time through a satellite system. They are going to tell the spirits there to travel to the mystery house here. And we thought it'd be a good idea to create this man-made portal. We had some things come through and enter the Winchester Mystery House. And I know the effects of what that experiment had on you after it finished. For a while, it was bad. You know what happened to me. I felt an energy around me. And the energy triggered the Melmeter. And I realized the next morning when I woke up that my grandmother died at that same exact minute. In the same fucking season. Yeah. And then, in the same fucking season, they went to this place called Stardust Ranch. Yeah, I've heard of that. You have? I've heard of that, yeah. yeah. Oh my god. There's literally people getting straight up raped by aliens. It's very nearby where Travis Walton, the, the fire in the sky guy, got abducted. Yep. They captured lights in the sky. The the guy who lived there had videos of little aliens behind him. Yeah, that was coming in, into his house. Yeah, and yeah. raping his wife. Yeah, yeah. He he claimed to have killed some of them. Yes, he did with a sword. He said yes. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They was coming because there was a. He said a portal in his house, and they would just come in. You know, and yeah. Think about that. Yeah, that's crazy. Again. Not necessarily paranormal, but Zach somehow finds out about it and ends up there. And you can cross the line and say that extraterrestrial stuff and paranormal stuff overlap because it's all supernatural. But he's always he always ends up at these, you know, they show up for the interviews and the guy's like, yeah, I killed six E.T. Grays with my samurai sword. And I got a, a portal opened up in my bedroom and they came through and raped my wife and all this. Where do you find these people? Yeah. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. Yeah, and it's mad as well what you said about the Scientology because that's that must be quite a difficult place to go and film something like that. So for him to get the permission to go there and do that yeah. shows you sort of the power that he's got as well. The Casa de Rosas compound has played host to decades of torment and misery. Built in 1893, 
The property has served as a World War II military barracks, a homeless shelter, and as L. Ron Hubbard's incubator for the sinister beginnings of Scientology. It's now a decomposing home to vermin, suspicious fires, and dangerous entities. As I was walking in through the building, very first time, we just got here, I heard something in a corner over here. In the 1950s, L. Ron Hubbard used the Casa de Rosas compound as a center of operations for Dianetics, the self-help program that later became Scientology. We travel to the home of Jeffrey Augustine, a member of Scientology who became disenchanted with the church. His wife, Karen Della Carrier, rose to the highest levels of the Scientology hierarchy. The church disputes her stated reasons for leaving. In 1990, she left Scientology Sea Org because of the abuse. Abuse? Yeah, it's a culture of punishment and abuse. Is it true that L. Ron Hubbard practiced black magic, sex magic, and dabbled with the occult? I think the most insightful nature into the occult aspect of Scientology is from L. Ron Hubbard Jr. because he was there with his father in the 50s. The basis of Scientology, which is rather hidden and covered over, is uh, the occult, uh, the uh, deep involvement with uh, satanic uh, powers. You can see early on in Hubbard had the idea he had to isolate people. Small rooms you could lock people in to interrogate them. Trap spirits in rooms. He's got connections. I bet yeah. they want him to come in there and start yeah. provoking some shit. Because uh, they also went to, I just think it's interesting because the last time you and I met, I told you about how I researched the Dominion House, which was the M Masonic Orphanage. Yep. And how there was a bunch of the kids got mi died mysteriously and all this shit. Well, uh, Zach and his team ended up going to another hotel, maybe a mile down the street from the place I stayed. And it's called the Stone Lion Inn. And the lady who owned that bed and breakfast admitted to doing satanic rituals in the local cemetery. And that's right down the street from the place I stayed. Yeah, yeah. So I that whole area was something weird. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, he also went to this other place that's in Guthrie, Oklahoma, a few um, streets over from where I stayed at the Dominion House. That was the headquarters for the Samaritan Foundation, which was another cult. Some people know her as the barcode lady. She thought that barcodes were demonic and she started this whole video series and got a bunch of people involved in her cult. And she ended up, I think, killing her husband. And she, like, it was, it's a whole big fucking thing. And he, of course, found himself there, pulled his Ouija board out, said he got possessed. And, you know, the whole thing. And just real quick, I want to run through the rest of these because I know um, you have a life to live. <laughs> Nice, cool. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, he did. He did go to the Viper Room in West Hollywood on the Sunset Strip, where River Phoenix died, and Johnny Depp for a time did own the Viper Room. And you you had to be an A list celebrity to even be invited to go in there. And of course, Zach's got the fucking open door policy to come and go whenever he wants. 
And there was actually a business partner of Johnny Depp that owned the Viper Room with him at the time he did. And he mysteriously vanished. And a lot of people said that he was murdered. And there's this little body kind of form uh, under the dirt in one of the rooms in the Viper uh, the, the Viper Room. If you go all the way back, there's a place where you can see the dirt in, under the foundation of the Viper Room. And there's kind of like this little coffin shape back there. Oh. And they were like, well, he was trying to steal money or something from Johnny Depp. And he murdered him and buried him in the back of this place. And Zach Jeez. is like, oh, I'm getting possessed again. <laughs> <laughs> like, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, Man. He went to serial killer Dorothea Puente's house. Um, he went to all the underground tunnels in Astoria, Oregon, which were connected to uh, the Shanghai tunnels, but they were the inspiration behind a lot of H.P. Lovecraft's work. And Zach is obsessed with H.P. Lovecraft, of course, and wanted to go into these underground tunnels. And he visited a place called the Westerfield House. It was uh, season 20, episode 12. It's in San Francisco. And it was host to many. This is from the caption of the episode it was host to many satanic rituals performed by underground occultist filmmaker kenneth anger and church of satan founder anton levey zach Bagans and team conduct a seance slash occult ritual in this episode that's in the description for discovery plus y'all wow This is the Westerfeld House. Built in 1889, the Westerfeld House has played host to czarist Russians, a hippie commune, and a Manson family murderer. It is possible that the rituals and ceremonies that were being conducted in here by Kenneth Anger and Anton LaVey could have welcomed a entity from a very dark place. So it makes you wonder if the rituals that went down inside of this house were literally opening doors up to hell. Like I told you, there's some weird energy that wanted me to be here for this. I don't know why, but now I'm here. Wow. So that yeah, they're not hiding it. <laughs> no. He he fucking FaceTimed Kenneth Anger in that episode and was just having a good old boys chat with him. He was like, So you worship the devil, right? And he's like, Oh yeah, the devil, yeah. And he's like, So did you do rituals in this house? And Kenneth Anger's like, Of course, yeah. We were, they were all Crowleyite followers and uh, Anton LaVey legitimately lived there and was practicing rituals. And of course, Zach, open door invitation. Come on in, Zach, do yeah. your rituals, do your fucking channelings. And um, they went to another place called Mount Wilson Ranch, very similar ETs, all this getting probed in the ass and all this stuff. 
They went to the Joshua Tree Inn, which Burning Man Festival, all of that. Of course, his ass is going to show up there. Um, and then they went to a place called King Gillette Ranch. And it's actually a compound that was built on sacred land. But it was built by the guy who came up with Gillette Razors. Okay. And it's literally called King Gillette Ranch. But what happened is after he built this compound with all of his fucking Gillette Razor money, he died and a uh, cult bought the compound and moved in. It was doing all this satanic worshipping and all this crap. And in the episode notes, it said that this religious cult... had gave birth to a violent spirit that drains the living of their energy and Zach conducts a ritual. I mean, why would you want to do... So, the list goes on. There are so many... Of course, I said it goes 30-plus seasons into forever. But Zach is kind of a mascot for the occult, in my opinion. The places he goes, the amount of activity he experiences, the rituals, the seances, all those crazy fucking artifacts that he owns and has collected. And I would just like everyone to kind of look closer and don't just take it as a show that comes on the Travel Channel. And really kind of think about what this dude is is into. I mean, do you have like just wrapping up kind of what what do you think about all that? Yeah, I think I I didn't realize, you know, how deep it goes. I mean, this stuff is dangerous. You know, we know like paranormal stuff. It is super interesting. You know, we love talking about it, and we, we've experienced it. We've both experienced it. Um, but uh, to invite, you know, and just surround yourself with evil, you know, it's, it's dangerous, and it mm-hmm. must it must have an, it would have an effect on anybody. Obviously, that show has done extremely well. People love it. I love it. You love it. We love this show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's a dangerous game to play. Like, at least I it's think not... it's had like a toll on his mental state. And I think it kind of... When he enters into one of these locations, he's kind of like a beacon to this type. He's like the antenna that they can use to channel through or something. But have you ever considered doing a paranormal invest? Do you have any like tech or you have an Oculus or a spirit box? No, I haven't done any of that yet. I've, I've been to lots of haunted places and had experiences and stuff, but I've never actually done a proper paranormal investigation. It's something I'd like to do. I wouldn't do Ouija balls and stuff like that. I think that's mm-hmm. not, you know, fair play if you want to do it. But it's not for me. I wouldn't touch a Ouija board. I find it interesting. I've talked to a lot of people that have had mad experiences with Ouija boards. Uh, so I wouldn't do stuff like that. But I, I, I would go to local. Like, I'm going to go to that pub and film and do a little video because that would be cool. But yeah, so stuff like that, I'd like to do. I, I, I will do that. I was planning to do stuff like that. But yeah, to, to actually, I wouldn't invite any evil. I wouldn't want that, you know. I wouldn't want no. to invite evil in. No, me either. Fuck that. Because you remember when I was even telling you about my paranormal experiences, the thing that flabbergasted me the most is I wasn't welcoming that kind of energy in. I never did anything to channel it or summon it or want it. And we had so many pictures of Jesus all over the house and it was just completely unaffected. It acted like 
you know, no, no big, everything was hunky dory. And I just, you know, some people like Zach are beacons for this shit. And then there's some people like me who want nothing to do with it whatsoever. And I couldn't imagine why he would want that. Yeah. So it's just kind of that mind state thing where a normal human being who has been through something like you and I have, you don't actively want to open a portal in your house. You don't want to channel a demonic gateway in your fucking bedroom. No way. I mean, no. it's just crazy to me that he would want to partake in a seance or something not because you're going past the point of just observing paranormal activity and you're actually being the catalyst for yeah. the paranormal yeah. activity. You're creating the yeah, for sure. So I mean that's that's completely different. Not saying that I don't like the show. I think there are parts of it that are very dramatic and there are parts of it that are kind of theater esque. And I mean, he was going to the Black Dahlia murder house before he even got his fucking teeth fixed. So he had been connected to some shit for a while before he even kind of hit like the mega star status, you know? I wouldn't be surprised though. Anywhere that he goes and visits, I almost wonder if there's not some type of weird occulty thing that's going on because he picks the places. Yeah. How old is he? I don't know. He's like almost 50. Really? Okay. Has an oh. awfully youthful appearance, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. See, I would have, I would have guessed like forties, maybe. He's but... like, no, I mean, well, he's forty nine. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I would have thought, yes, he looks younger than that for sure. He I definitely like looks young. I mean, getting your teeth fixed does a hell of a hell yeah. of a thing yeah. for you. But even still, dating a, a Playboy bunny, and you know. His youthful appearance is almost... I mean, he could get Botox. Let's not lie. He probably gets Botox. But still, he looks rather young to be 50. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And all the other guys on the show look like fucking crushed out cigarette butts. They all just (laughs) like... (laughs) We love you, Zach. (laughs) (laughs) They're so old and tired and decrepit having to deal with him. Yeah, can you imagine the stress, man? Being locked in rooms and oh, right. Yeah. But yeah, um, thank you for a kind of humoring me with this topic, though, because oh, I you. felt like you would be really interested in that as as much as I am. Yeah. Uh, because there's a fine line between a conspiracy researcher and someone who likes both, and yeah. I think we like both. And so I wanted to kind of break that down with you. But before we wrap up, actually, if you could give the listeners your Instagram where they can go to contact you if they want to tell you their paranormal experiences um, or anything else, just you have the floor. Whatever you want to say, go on ahead. Awesome. Spread the news, brother. Thank you very much for letting me come on and, and sharing this with you. It's fascinating stuff. I'm probably going to see the show a little bit differently now next time I watch it. It's going to be that added, you know. <laughs> I didn't realise a lot of that, so it's very interesting. Um, but we're at Let's Get Freaky um, on Instagram, TC, Let's Get Freaky Podcast, Facebook, uh, X, TikTok, we're everywhere. Um, if you would like to be a guest on the show, uh, send us a DM 
on any of those platforms or you can email me at let's get freaky podcast at outlook.com um and yeah i'd love to I'd love, every paranormal experience is amazing so i want to hear them all and but i anyway, feel like you're not a judgmental guy you would nah. just hear someone out and i mean i'm obviously if the person was on methamphetamines you're not going to air that episode <laughs> but if it's just a normal maybe that person, might be fun <laughs> You know, if they got fucking scabs all over their face, let's, let's yeah. make sure we we edit that one a little. I want to get I want to get Zach Baggins on. <laughs> He's too good for Checking us. Come on, yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, what are you gonna do? Fucking have seventeen thousand listeners? Fuck you. <laughs> but no, yeah. Um, one day. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to meet the motherfucker now. I just no, I'm not kind of mad that. at him. <laughs> no. Would you go to that museum? Would you go there? That is such an interesting question because I went to Vegas recently. My husband wanted to go because all of our friends were going. So we went on a friend trip or whatever. And there's some cool stuff to do there. It's not really my cup of tea because I took, I was like, I'm, I'm going to take this $100 bill. And if I spend this $100 bill, that's it. I'm not gambling anymore. And what I did is I stuck the $100 bill in this stupid fucking Buffalo game. And the second it starts lighting up and like, it's like Buffalo. You think you want some shit, but you didn't. You just lost $90. No. So I spent a shit ton of fucking money on this wolf game in this fucking Buffalo game. I'm shit at craps. I'm shit at the roulette. I'm shit at all those. I have zero luck in Vegas. But um, there were some museums I wanted to check out. I was not aware that he had a museum when we went. But hindsight being 2020, the tickets to get into that place are $200. No way. $200. So imagine if me and my husband wanted to go. For the extended tour, whatever, like the the VIP tour, it would have been four hundred dollars for us that's, to go. That's, that's a lot of money for a museum, isn't it? I think it's a lesser price if you want to just like go real like in and out real quick or something. But if you yeah. want to experience the whole like shit biggity bang, it's two hundred dollars yeah. a ticket. So I oh. couldn't even. I would have rather spent an extra four hundred dollars fucking clicking my life away on the Buffalo game <laughs> yeah. than waste it in there and go home with a demon. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow, that's why you're so rich, man. Think <laughs> about it. Let's say, let's say, get your calculator out right now. Let's say he has a thousand people a week at his museum at two hundred bucks a pop. Let's see. So twenty thousand dollars wow. in a week. Yeah. yeah. And he's probably getting a lot more than that. <laughs> I think he's probably getting a lot more than that because that's not even being generous. I'm just saying like a thousand people maybe yeah. visit that. There's people who come from all over to to go into the museum and shit. But Vegas is weird. It has a, a dark energy around it. Have you been there? I've not been there. No. No, I've meant to go there a, a few years it has ago. A, then, yeah. Um there's a weird darkness that surrounds Vegas just for what it is. The city that never sleeps in city. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. All that shit. Prostitutes, crackheads, wandering the streets, fucking selling dick for dope and all this stuff. You would not believe it. And when I was there, 
I didn't really go, like, I didn't participate in any weird shit. We just went to, like, the casinos of the nice hotels or whatever. But even the water in Vegas smells like fucking putrefied body fluids. It stinks like death. It smells like mm. asshole. And it's just, they have all these huge fountains in front of the hotels that are just spraying you with garbage water as you walk by. And you you just walking around with your friends and you kind of look at each other like, did you fart? Like, I smell something really fucking foul. And I was looking around, I, I legitimately looked over at my friend Esther and I was like, bitch, if you don't stop farting, I swear to God. And she said, I, I thought... I thought it was you, and I said it's got it's just the air here. It smells like sulfur Jeez. from all the demons in yeah. Vegas. So, <laughs> would I go wow. back if I if I had a very cheap plane ticket and I had a free room? I would go back to Vegas. Am I just gonna? Go, oh, we gotta go back. No, never. I'd rather do a cruise or something like that. You know? Really? Yeah, for sure. But. Yeah. I think everyone should go at least once and, you know, say that they can mark it off their list. Yeah, I went to Vegas, whatever. But yeah. I was going and then the uh the the vid happened. I won't oh, say it. And the that macaroni sort of, virus. That was it. And that sort of uh that stopped the plans for that at the time. Hey, maybe it was meant to be. Yeah. And you're definitely gonna get the Roni if you go to Vegas. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> 100%. You're going to get some shit that you can't take back when you go to Vegas. <laughs> but, um, anyways, anyways, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. It was a pleasure working with you again. We'll have to plan something else for the future. 100%. Um, for all the listeners, I would invite you to go check out Let's Get Freaky Podcast. Tell Tommy your stories. He won't judge you. I promise. If he does, let me know. And I'll tell him to fuck off. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but thanks you for joining me. And thanks to all Thank the listeners. You. And uh, we will catch you on the next one. <laughs>